Leviticus is where our first scripture reference is going to be. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus 27. We're going to get into the sanctification. I'm, like I said, last week we had gotten ahead of myself thinking that sanctification would come sooner than it did. Not realizing we still had some justification to go uh, before we got into the sanctification. But again, uh, just to kind of go through the big numbers of the outline. <laughs> Um, on salvation, the big letters, I should say. Soteriology, this doctrine of salvation. And uh, in the doctrine of salvation, first and foremost, the big A was regeneration. Regeneration. And then B was repentance. Regeneration, repentance, again, this is, these are things that we didn't understand fully or anything about when many of us uh, got saved. We just knew that we were a sinner and he was the Savior. And we didn't understand all the what to's and ins and outs of it. But we see regeneration, salvation, repentance, and salvation. Faith is, numbers, is, is the letter C. Uh, wow. And... Uh, Somewhere in here. There it is. Faith is C. And D was justification. And now we're to E, sanctification. All right, sanctification. Sanctification deals with our state. That's a key word there, state. Almost entirely, just as justification deals with our standing. So justification, as we dealt with, is a legal term. And it dealt with our standing before God. Where sanctification deals with our state. So keep that in mind as we read on. In justification we are declared righteous in order that in sanctification we may become righteous. So justification declares us righteous. Sanctification allows us to become righteous. Justification is that which God does for us while sanctification is largely that which God does in us. Justification puts us into a right relationship with God legally, while sanctification exhibits the fruit of that relationship experimentally in a life separated from a sinful world and dedicated unto God. Justification makes us safe, while sanctification makes us sound. I like that one. Safe and sound, justification and sanctification. There is, however, an aspect of sanctification called positional. And I know you've heard that from me before. I wonder where I got it. <laughs> positional sanctification. In Christ, we are, say, you know, we are holy. Holy. We have a standing, and you'll see that positionally. But then, and we're going, to, and that's here in, in the next part. In the next part here, but then there's the progressive. It's, I haven't seen that word yet in the study. But the progressive sanctification is the like the song says, "He's still working on me." All right. So, but positionally, so there is, however, an aspect of sanctification called positional, which should not be overlooked. 
This aspect is, uh, of it is similar to justification. In justification, however, the believer is viewed from a legal viewpoint, while in position, positional sanctification, he is viewed from the moral. So there is the legal viewpoint and the moral viewpoint. In justification, he is positionally righteous, while in this phase of sanctification, he is positionally holy. So righteous in justification and holy in sanctification. Positionally, again, we are in Christ. There's our position, in Christ. And our position in Christ, when he sees us, he sees us as righteous and he sees us as holy because he sees us in Christ. I love that position. <laughs> so the meaning of sanctification, the meaning of sanctification. Number one, the process of setting apart or the state of being set apart for God. Now we're in Leviticus 27. Leviticus 27, let's read verses 14 through 16. And when a man shall sanctify his house to be holy unto the Lord, then the priest shall estimate it, whether it be good or bad. As the priest shall estimate it, so shall it stand. And if he that sanctified it will redeem his house, then he shall add the fifth part of the money of thy estimation unto it, and it shall be his. And if a man shall sanctify unto the Lord some part of a field of his possession, then thy estimation shall be according to the seed thereof. A homer of barley seed shall be valued at 50 shekels of silver. Um, and then we can just read the next one because it does use the word sanctify. Uh, if he sanctify his field from the year of Jubilee, according to that estimation it shall stand. But if he, if he sanctify his field after the Jubilee, then the priest shall reckon it uh, unto him the money, reckon unto him the money according to the years that remain, even to the year of Jubilee, and it shall be abated from thy estimation. So, again, the process of setting apart or the state of being set apart for God. You are setting something aside for God. When Hannah, Samuel's mom, Hannah, <clears throat> she prayed for the son, God sent her the son. She didn't go up to, uh, to worship she, uh, until the boy was weaned. Then when she took him, she dedicated him to the service of the Lord. And then in doing so, then God blessed her with several more children. But, um, but he, you know, she, she dedicated him uh, to, to God's service, so she set him apart. So see also Numbers, uh, chapter 8, Numbers 8, we're right there. Let's see here, Numbers 8 and verse 17. For all the firstborn of the children of Israel are mine, both man and beast. On the day that I smote every firstborn in the land of Egypt, I sanctified them for myself. So the firstborn are sanctified. Again, they're set apart for God. Then, uh, let's see, Second Chronicles. Just work our way to the New Testament. 
2 Chronicles 7. Second Chronicles 7, verse number 16. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house, that my name may be there forever, and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually set apart for God. Jeremiah 1. Jeremiah 1 and verse number 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest out, or camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. So he was pre-set aside before he came out. Set aside for the service of God. Um, and then New Testament scriptures, Matthew 23. Two more, Matthew 23 and John. So Matthew 23, verse number 17. I think we're kind of getting the idea. Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifieth the gold. So the process of setting apart or the state of being set apart for God. And finally, the Bible uh, uh, example here in John chapter 10 John 10, 36. Uh, let's back up. If, verse 35, if he called them gods into whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said I am the Son of God. So we see the Son of God set apart uh, into, uh, unto God. All right, so there's the meaning, the process of setting apart or the state of being set apart for God. The second one is the process of setting apart or the state of being set apart from ceremonial or moral defilement. And then so this is where we clean up ourselves, all right? One is to be set apart to the service of God. The, uh, the, you think about uh, the scripture where the vessels in the tabernacle the vessels in the temple, those were set apart. That's why, um, was it Belteshazzar that got in trouble when he, you know, the handwriting on the wall that night? Why? Because they had taken vessels that had been used in the service of the Lord, sanctified unto the service of the Lord, and they were making merriment and drinking wine and making merriment using those vessels that had been consecrated and set apart to the service of the Lord. And then the handwriting on the wall came out, and you know the rest of the story. <laughs> so uh, he was found wanting that night. All right, so but this, this is where we're getting at this definition here, is to, to clean ourselves up. So the process of setting apart, the state of being set apart. Second Chronicles 29, and it says uh, 5 through 18, but it says especially verse 5 and verse number 18. So 2 Chronicles 29, come on now. <clears throat> 5 through 18, but pay attention to 5 and 18. 
All right, 29.5. Let's back up to three. He in the first year of his reign in the first month opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. This is Hezekiah, by the way. And he brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them together into the east street and said unto them, Hear me, ye Levites, sanctify now yourselves and sanctify the house of the Lord of your fathers and carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place. For our fathers have trespassed and done that which was evil in the, in the eyes of the Lord our God and have forsaken him and have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and turned their backs. And they have shut up the doors of the porch and put out the lamps and have not burned incense nor offered burnt offerings in the holy place unto the, unto the God of Israel. Wherefore the wrath of the Lord was upon Judah and Jerusalem and he hath delivered them into trouble, to, to trouble, to astonishment and to hissing as ye see with your eyes. For lo, our fathers have fallen by the sword and our sons and our daughters and our wives are in captivity for this. Now it is in mine heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel that his fierce wrath may turn away from us. My sons, be not now negligent, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him, to serve him, and that ye should minister unto him and burn incense. Then the Levites arose, uh, Mahath the son of uh, Amasiah, and Joel the son of Azariah, of the sons of the Kohathites, and of the sons of the of uh, Merari, Kish, the son of Abdi, and Azariah, the son of Jehaliel, and or of the Gershonites, jo- Joah, the son of Zema, and Eden, the son of Joah, and the sons of uh, Elizaphan, Shemri, and Jael, and of the sons of Asaph, Zechariah, and Mataniah, and of the sons of Heman, uh, Jehiel, and Shimei, and of the sons of Jeduthun, Shem, um, Shemaiah, and Uziel. And they gathered their brethren and sanctified themselves and came according to the commandment of the king by the words of the Lord to cleanse the house of the Lord. And so, I'll keep on going, three more. I couldn't remember if it said 15 or 18. And the priest went into the inner part of the house of the Lord to cleanse it and brought out all the uncleanness that, uh, that, they had, that they found in the temple of the Lord into the court of the house of the Lord. And the Levites took it to carry it out abroad into the book, brook Kidron. Now they began on the first day of the month to sanctify, and on the eighth day of the month came they to the porch of the house of the Lord. So they sanctified the house of the Lord in eight days, and in the sixteenth day of the month, first month, they made an end. Then they went into Hezekiah the king and said, We have cleansed all the house of the Lord and the altar of the burnt offering with all the vessels thereof and the showbread table with all the vessels thereof. So this is the actual cleaning. So the first one was the process of setting apart for the state of, uh, for, or the state of being set apart for God, like Jeremiah was in the womb. But this is seeing things that had gotten dirty, that had gotten defiled, and actually taking it and cleaning it up. All right? So uh, 
And so the state of being set apart from ceremonial or moral defilement. All right, we can be morally defiled. All right, and we just like he's just like Brother Tim in the Sunday Sunday school on Sunday night is there in Joshua chapter number three, and he says, "Sanctify thyselves." So you're going to clean yourselves up because tomorrow I'm going to show you great things. All right, and that's where he's at in Jeremiah. But they had to clean themselves up. All right, so they had become defiled, if you want to put it that way, in in the in the way. And because God was going to make Himself show Himself mighty among them, then Jeremiah told them to sanctify themselves. And there's where that's the definition that comes into there. I'm not going to be able to make this. <laughs> I'm going to go a couple more, but I'm not going to run all those references. I think you guys get the picture. All right. So these two meanings of the word sanctification are closely connected. One cannot be truly separated to God without being separated from sin. God is holy. So if you're separated to God, you're going to have to be separated from sin, from defilement, from the moral issues that we have in our lives and or the vessels. Like it said here in Second Chronicles, they took everything that was in the house. When we moved in here... <laughs> There were some things that we got rid of, right? <laughs> we sanctified this. Why? To his service. Because we did, there were some things in the, in the house of God, some, you know, some junked up rooms and so on and so forth that we, you know, we come through and did a good cleaning. Why? Because we wanted to worship God here. We wanted God to meet with us here. We wanted to to set this place aside to God. But we had to do some cleaning when we did. Number three, let me see. I'm going to get through this, and then I'm going to be done because my voice is done. So number one is the process of setting apart or the state of being set apart for God. Two, the process of setting apart or the state of being set apart from ceremonial or moral defilement. And three, God shown to be holy by the revelation of his character. We're talking about sanctification. God shown to be holy by the revelation of his character. Ezekiel chapter 36. I'm about to say I'm going to go home and be quiet. And Lisa's going to shout her out. Ezekiel 36, verse 23. This is talking about God and his holy character or shown to be holy by the revelation of his character. It shows God's character. Ezekiel 36, 23. And I will sanctify my great name. Which was profound among the heathen, profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them, and the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. 
So God was shown to be holy by the revelation of his character. And we could go several more here in Ezekiel. Let's go at least one more. Uh, let's see. Let's go back up to Ezekiel 22. We'll probably do two more. I'm sorry, 28. Uh, Ezekiel 28 and verse 22. Let's back up to verse 20, 20. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Zidon and prophesy against it. And say, Thus the Lord, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Zidon, and I will be glorified in the midst of thee, and they shall know that I am the Lord, when I shall have executed judgments in her, and shall be sanctified in her. Again, we're seeing God and his character, his holy character, when he is shown, and when it's using the word sanctified uh, toward God. One more in Ezekiel 33. I think it's a 33. Yeah, I believe it is. 33, verse 16. Uh, no. Maybe it's 38. It's hard to tell, by the way, that this was printed in this book. Yeah, it's 38, 16. Uh, back up to 15. And thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company and a mighty army. And thou shalt come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the latter days, and I will bring thee against my land, that the heathen may know me. Again, we're declaring God and his character. When I shall be sanctified in thee, O God, before, O Gog, before their eyes. All right, so Israel sanctified in God, but it shows God's character. All right, so now just this paragraph and we're done. The root from which this and kindred words spring is the Greek word uh, hagios. The nearest thought to holiness of which the profane Greek was capable was the sublime, the consecrated, the venerable. The moral element was utterly wanting. In adopting this word for scripture uses, usage, therefore a new meaning had to be put to, uh, into it. Using the word holy from the highest sense as applied to God, the, the best Lex, lexic, um, hang on a minute, I had it earlier. Uh, lexic, lexic, no, I got lexicographers, there we go. <laughs> like a lexicon, all right? Dealing with words, the people that do that, lexicographers, uh, define it as, quote, that which deserves and claims moral and religious reverence. Holiness, when applied to God, is defined as, quote, that element in the divine, in the divine nature which lies at the basis of, determines, and molds the reverence which is due from man to God. The word also has a meaning in classic Greek of, quote, devoted to the little g gods, devoted to God, to the gods. An animal 
or for sacrifice, a house for worship, a vessel for sacred use, a garment for priestly wear, a man for service, becomes by such designation holy. So in Scripture, a person or thing is termed holy by reason of being set apart from sin and possessed of absolute purity. All right, so going again. Consecrated, to, set apart to God, setting apart from the ceremony or moral defilement, and then God shown to be holy by the revelation of his character. All deals with the meaning of sanctification. And then next time around, I'm gone. My throat is, is history. The next time around, we're going to be looking at the period of sanctification. The period of sanctification. And it starts out with the initial stage, contemporaneous with conversion. All right, the period. So that kind of gives you an idea of what they're getting into as far as the period of sanctification. So it starts with conversion. And I'm going to have to ask somebody else to pray.